You're listening to the best of a shanty, No Lemon. A fantasy films production with the Shanty No Lemon players in no cooperation with the estate of Dame Arthur Conan Doyle. Shanty No Lemon brings you the new adventures of Shercock Holmes by Timothy Martin, Esquire. The characters this evening, Shercock Holmes, the super sleuth with an uncanny ability to deduce evidence from what may seem like everyday rubbish. Confidant of Scotland Yard, MI6, and to Buckingham Palace. Shercock is also the second most famous bender in merry queer England. Mm, Sir Elton John being the first, of course. I give you Dr. Randall Wantsum, Shercock's most trusted and loyal companion for many years. Non-sexual, that is. Dr. Wantsum is many things rolled up into one portly Pufter, a retired Royal Navy captain, a medical doctor and having his own practice, and of course, the respected biographer of the adventures of Shercock Holmes. Oh, and he also owns the best bathhouse on the West End of London, Ms. Honeypot, Shercock's elderly bull dyke housekeeper at his residence of 69 Fudgepacker Street. Our story begins on a crisp fall evening at 69 Fudgepacker Street at the residence and headquarters of the most brilliant Shercock Holmes. I had finished reading the Daily Post and was lingering on an article about George Michael's latest intent to run for the House of Commons, he borrowing a few pointers from an American senator named Craig when I discovered that Ms. Honeypot had not brought the evening glass of port to the study where I and Shercock had retired after a delicious supper of beef wellington and a spotted cock pudding. This was most queer, uh, strange, because Honeypot would always arrive at eight sharp, as her employer, Mr. Holmes, was a stickler to promptness. Also, when she was supposed to bring my nightly enema, so I was feeling a bit bloated when Big Ben struck 8.15 with no sign of Honeypot. I say, Shercock, where is that strumpet with my port and enema? Mm, if I'm not mistaken, and I never am, she's down in the wine cellar with that tart that delivered the roast tonight from Mrs. Higgins' butcher. Mmm, eating pussy, I believe. I say, great Scott, eating pussy here in your house? How did you know? No, elementary want some. Did you not see that girl? Obvious lipstick lesbian. She was wearing an indigo girl shirt and flannel caprice pants, and she was giving uh, our old uh, Miss Honeypot the eye. Amazing, Shercock. Miss Honeypot is going to get more than she bargained for, though. My train nose indicated that that strumpet she brought in, her menstrual cycle is about to... Uh, <clears throat> Shall we say ensue? No, let's see. It was my pocket watch. Five, four, three, two, uh, yeah. Ah! Oh, dear, Holmes. 
How did you know? Let's just say that I've grown wise to certain mm, unpleasant smells in my day, and I steer clear to avoid them. I hate the smell of rimming a dirty bottom, and you know I can't stand... Ah! Dirty, bloody pussy! Yes, precisely, dirty, bloody pussy. <laughs> now run along, Mrs. Honeypot. Dr. Wonsum and I are going to go down to the Winking Brown Eye Tavern for a nightcap. Uh, since you seem to be disposed at the moment, and I dare say I would not like you touching anything that would touch my lips at the moment. <laughs> Holmes and I strolled down Fudgepacker Street into a more flamboyant part of town, and I without my enema. A part of London known for its cruisy parks and lively shows, hot lads and seedy pubs. We were almost to the winking brown eye tavern, when we noticed a gathering of people, all looking down at something on the pavement outside the doorway. Oh! Clear out! Don't touch the body! Uh, catch up, Wonsome! Ah, uh, yes. Horrible travesty. Looks like a lad of only 22. He is lying on his stomach. His knickers are off, and it seems there is a taco grande in his bum. Hmm. Utterly devious, Wonsome. Oh, dear. It looks like there's a great amount of blood lost as well. Hmm. Well, I'm not the medical doctor as you, but uh, I think if you will uh, examine closer, the cause of death is suffocation. The red stuff you see... <laughs> hot sauce! Yes, red hot sauce, precisely. It's cheap and uncivilized odor cannot go unnoticed. Oh, let's see here. I'm thinking. Yes, yes. The taco grande. Yes, yes. The hot sauce. Oh, want some? I bet my best cock ring that this is clearly the handiwork of that fiendish Mexican mastermind, Dr. Mariachi! gargling come. It can't be. He's been in prison for the last five years in the English prison for well-hung and well-known criminal masterminds. I think, uh, want some that you'll find, uh, this situation has changed. Extra, extra, freaky press, Dr. Mariachi escapes. Read it here in the post. 15 minutes, extra, extra. I say there, lad. I'll take a copy. Fifteen pence, right? Yes, sir. Hmm. And how old are you, lad? Hmm, doctor wants some. Well, he looked to be around 19. Um, the perfect time to get a checkup from the good doctor, I say. Never you mind that. And besides, like you, he's a bottom. I say, Holmes, how did you ever know that? I'm sure I could attribute it to my astute powers of observation and deduction. Uh, but alas, no. I tried to top him last weekend, and he isn't that tight. Kind of disappointing, really. I say, are there any tops in London besides you? 
Well, let's see. There is Dr. Mariachi now running about and fixating beautiful young boys with his monster John Thomas and leaving them a pool of Hispanic condiments. Yes. And what should we do about this bit of trouser snake murdering mischief? Well, I for one am still thirsty, Dr. Wansom. Do you fancy that glass of port now? I wager we'll get more than our usual drink and backroom handjob at the Winking Brown Eyed Tavern tonight. We will get some information. Join us next time for the adventures of Shercock Holmes, where we'll hear Shercock say, Oh, Dr. Wonsome. Is that your virile member or mine? Now we take you to the press conference for presidential candidate Mitt Romney. Thank you for coming. The ruling in Iowa today is just another example of an activist court and unelected judges trying to redefine the marriage and disregard the will of the people as expressed through Iowa's Defense of Marriage Act. This once again highlights the needs for a federal marriage amendment to protect the traditional definition of marriage as between one man and one woman. Sir, well, Mr. Romney, how does this affect your campaign? Well, I believe it will actually... Wait! Aren't you a Mormon? Don't you believe in having multiple wives? That is not the stance of my church. We believe that the will of the people should suffice, and obviously that is not the will of the American people. Yeah, but didn't the will of your people at one time indicate that a guy got direction from God or from a magical hat? That is a completely fabricated statement. So how do you feel the federal marriage amendment will help the country? Well, it will help protect families from activist judges. But aren't all judges active? Isn't that a responsibility of a judge to do just that, make decisions concerning laws in the areas where people can't? You're not listening. We can't allow single individuals to make rules for the majority. We need the will of the people to indicate what is right by the law of God. Mm, just like when the will of the people indicated the marriages of different races were uh, immoral, didn't a court find that those people had the right to marry, even though uh, public opinion was strongly against it? Oh, you inbreds! May the hand of God strike you down! Presidential nominee Mitt Romney withdrew himself from the presidential race today, citing stress and the need to spend time with his family. When his 13 sons were asked about their father, all their response was, Well, you know, Dad just always had a temper in him. Never knew what it was about, but he always said that God would get him through it. In other news... Rudy Giuliani indicated that his balls were bigger than Mitt Rodney's, simply because he could kick more terrorists' ass. Coming up on the Fox News Channel, who looks more butch, Hillary Clinton or Dennis Kucinich? Oh, I say, man, I tell you, I don't know what the world's coming to, Joan. Oh, John, things just aren't like they used to be. I mean, look at all these TV channels for all those minorities. Logo here, queer TV. It's like people, God-fearing people, really actually want to watch that stuff. I swear, I don't think they'll last long. We all know BET didn't last long. 
Back in the day, people were told the news from the holy pulpit. Now they get these new fangled tubes and these multi-channel digital. Oh, God, I tell you, Joan, we're oppressed. How are we supposed to spread the word of God with every other radio channel in a local town as a religious channel? An ABC family. CNBC, Fox News. I mean, the next thing you know, we won't be able to have our church services on Sunday morning because no one will want to watch them. It's quite depressing, actually. I remember every Sunday I'd wake up and watch some quality Christian shows in the morning, and like Davy and Goliath, and then go to church and come home where mom would cook dinner or brunch and father would be mending the maids, telling them what to do in the fields. Yeah, I don't know that you ever had brunch, Joan. Brunch is a queer thing. Oh! Eat my dick. <laughs> oh, John! Joan, you come here and eat my dick <laughs> like a good thing. pussy, John! Don't you dare do eat that. My pussy! The gods have come down here and John! push your hand into my crotch. Fuck me in the ass, John! Mommy, daddy, stop fighting! Two seconds, sirs! Welcome back to God's heavenly club, the Immaculate John and Joan here, and today we're taking your call-ins on the important topics of the day. Joan, have you a question from a fan? Yes, John. Elizabeth from South Carolina wants to know, should I pray out loud or to myself? Don't cry out loud. No, no, no. Well, this is a mighty serious question. You people these days worry about the silliest things. We all know the war in Iraq will turn out all right because George W. Bush is leading us, and he's a messenger from God. But whether you pray to yourself or out loud, it does not matter because the prayer reaches God's ears nevertheless. However, praying out loud does sometimes get your prayer faster to God, especially if you're doing in front of people all the time. Say in a restaurant, or in the subway, or if you're in the Kmart looking at those cross-your-heart bras, oh, I sure do love those cross-your-heart bras. I, I was looking, do, John. I was looking at a set of those, and I was thinking, Joan, you'd look mighty fine for 24 hours or 18 hours or however long does that suspension wire keep you up held tight. Oh, but the louder you pray the better chance you'll have of being heard. Next question. Tom from Kentucky wants to know, how can he prevent his son from turning gay? Oh, 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 oh. Well, that's an easy question. The best advice I have to give you is to send him off to the Boy Scouts. No experience turns a boy more manly than learning about the wilderness with a bunch of other boys and men. Teaches you respect, honor, dignity, and value in closed camping environment where uh, with initiation rites and trust-building exercises, that's how we need to prevent our kids from this sick, sad, godless lifestyle. Next question, Joan. Melanie from Nebraska wants to know, if I'm still sick with cancer, am I not praying hard enough? Dear Melanie, of course not. 
Like I said, God always hears your prayers. It's just that sometimes the answer is, uh, well, no. God answers all the prayers. It wouldn't be fair, would it? For example, if God answered my prayer and gave us a, a, a new deluxe ranch in the Hamptons we want, uh, we wouldn't be working so hard to get his message to you. Yep, you're going to die. <laughs> Next question, Joan. Tina from Pittsburgh writes, I think my neighbors are gay. One is a very masculine guy who was always cutting the grass, but his roommate is always inside, appearing to be cooking or flower arranging or dusting. What should I do? Well, we want to foster a culture of acceptance here. At the same time, you need to make sure you express you don't approve of those lifestyles. Even if you're sure or not, the person's orientation. Uh, as such, if you feel that your neighbors are gay, you should make sure that you do everything in your power and possible to promote a glorious Christian God. Put a nativity scene in the front yard at Christmas. Always wish them a Merry Christmas and never happy holidays. Oh, God, not that godlessness. Make sure at Easter time you send them eggs. Make sure that... And a ham. What about a ham? Send them a ham. It's a godly thing. There was a pig at the chapel once. You could also invite them to several church functions, times over, indicating how much you enjoy church. And you should always end your conversation with, May God bless you. That never offends anybody. Well, it looks like we're out of time for now. Wait, mommy. So Wait, join mommy. us next week. Wait, mommy, I have a question for daddy. Oh, what's the question, little one? Daddy, do you ever feel like you only like girls because you're supposed to? No. <laughs> well, it looks like we're out of time oh, for on. now. So join us next week on the Where God is Heavenly and we have all the answers through him. God bless you. Goodbye. We're done. What? No questions if we should invade Iran. No, not this week. Should I make something up? Nah, it's inevitable at some point. Just gotta wait for the uh, that bush to make a move. Hey, Joan, you want to give me a blowjob or waiting for the film to dry? Hot diggity, John. You know that hypocritical sex act makes me hot. Oh, oh, dear. Get down there. Get down here and put your mouth on my member. Oh. What are you doing to mama? We now return to the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Timothy Martin. Esquire. When we last left, Holmes and I were investigating the most gruesome death of a young English lad. The murder was caused by suffocation. Better put, deep throating gone too deep. There was also a taco left in his rectum, the calling card of the abominable Dr. Mariachi, Sherlock Holmes's arch enemy. Sherlock was sure more discovery of the case would be found in the secretive gentleman's club, the Winking Brown Eye Tavern. The story begins again here. Uh, want some? Would you mind not mumbling? I'm trying to think. Well, I was just trying to... Never you mind that. Uh, go ask Mr. Oglin Balls for two glasses of port and a copy of yesterday's post. Why yesterday's post? I have my reasons. 
I returned to find Shercock engaged in conversation with a hot young boy about six feet tall, lean with what could be described as a large bulge in his pants and wonderful pectorals, nice arms, and a really Dr. Wansom, let me introduce you to Mr. Todd the Rod. Oh, how do you do? Oh, really, the pleasure is all mine, I hope. <laughs> Mr. Rod is, of course, one of the dancers here at the Winking Brown-Eyed Tavern. Oh, heavens, Wansom. This is good port. Twenty years aged, I surmise. Oak barrels, Portugal, smart stuff. Oh, uh, he shares the same occupation as the late Mr. James the Jizzer, the uh, attractive, misfortunate boy we found earlier this night. Oh, please continue, Todd. Like a... <clears throat> Excuse me, I had some jism in the throat. Like I was saying, Mr. Shawcock, me and James were to the back room getting ready for the shows when this man walked into our dressing... <clears throat> Stupid jism. <clears throat> dressing room and offered 300 pounds to... Let's say, go on a short date and maybe trade some gravy for the root mash, if you knows what I mean. I adore root mash, and oh dear, the gravy is the best part, I must say. My grandma made a lovely Salisbury steak with a scrumptious gravy. That <laughs> will be all, Dr. Wansom. Let's let our pretty pricked friend continue. I'm sure he's dancing two shows tonight. Uh, now, do say, what did this chap look like? Well, it's hard to say and keep because we keep it dark back there because it's not uncommon for us to get dates between dancers. I was tempted to stay and take the offer, but it was my turn to dance. I thought to myself, lucky bastard, Jimmy's going to take the fastest 300 pounds of his life. Little did I know, I was the lucky one tonight. But did you see his face, sir? No, he was wearing an awfully big hat. Kind of a pointed one, you know. Like a Jimmy hat, all ribbed for the pleasure of others. Oh, I say. Very good, Totty. Uh, you've been of great help. Uh, here's a 50-pound note. Uh, may I slip it? Uh, oh. 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 Oh, yes. Now I see why you're called... Todd the Rod. You gents can pump me up for more information anytime you likes. I likes big tippers. Big tippers mean big dickers. Oh, I say. Perhaps, Toddy, another time. I and Dr. Wansom have some other packing to do. Right after we have some words with your employer, Mr. Ooglenballs. Packing? Yes, let's just say we're going on a short trip, Dr. Wansom. But never you mind that now. We must see Ooglin' Balls. Seems like he's nowhere to be found. He had vanished faster than a fisted hand in a leather bar. I say, and right after I asked for yesterday's paper. Elementary, Wansom. I knew he would. There was a notice in the paper of one alias... Ooglin Balls, also known as Sam the Saucy Stripper, being charged yesterday with an indecent exposure on the London Bridge. 
It seems our man likes to get all totted up and flash unsuspecting citizens of London's with his bits and pieces. Great Scott! I still haven't had my good enema! Oh, my aching bowels! I needed to see where he would go after you asked him for the paper. All these establishments of ill repute have a back room, usually hidden and usually reserved for the use of management, bookkeeping, and special customers' needs. Amazing, Shercock. I had observed oogling balls enter this said room from a hidden door just underneath the bar. Shall we call upon him there? And there we will obtain a list of all the members of the winking brown-eyed tavern. Obviously, Mariachi is here under another name, and I intend to out him, so to speak. As for the trip I mentioned, we're going to Glasgow for the night. Whatever for, Shercock? The murder was here in London. There's one Colonel Ambrose Wallycock of Scotland Yard, and he is holidaying there. Any moment we shall receive an urgent telegram brought by Ms. Honeypot. The colonel, like me, is an expert in dealing with Dr. Mariachi. No doubt he'll be handling the official government investigation of this matter. Now, let's get the records from Mr. Ooglinballs and see if we can't get to the, uh, shall we say, bottom of this. <laughs> Will Shercock indeed get to the bottom of... Telegram, sir! Scotland Yard marked urgent! Best to open it quickly! Ahem. As I was saying, will Shercock find the whereabouts of the elusive Dr. Mariachi? And will Dr. Watson ever get that damnable enema he keeps complaining about? I say, no need to get personal! Find out next week on the new adventures of Shercock Holmes! Tim. What? Don't I get the first line in these cold opens? Sit down. Made into Anthony's mind again, I see. Yeah, grab the popcorn. What are we doing? We're watching Anthony's life from inside of his head. I'm presuming trying to explain this world would take too much time would be boring again? What do you think? Oh, look, he's at work. It appears he's typing something at the uh, terminal he's stationed at. Uh, oh, wait. Ooh, looking over his shoulder, I can see he's typing uh, a script for this show. I sure hope his bosses don't look over his shoulder. They might see the gay word and fire him on the spot. Oh, whatever. Oh, look. He's going to get some coffee. Let's watch. Oh, there's that cute co-worker he's all up in arms about. Yeah. Notice the jitterness in his hands. Oh, my goodness. He's literally shaking. Let's see what dumb line he says. Oh, oh my God. God. That was so oh, lame. what an idiot. Man, we need to teach him some tact. You too, Mark. Hey, what's he doing now? It appears he's trying to engage some of his coworkers in comedy. Uh, does he not realize 
how the, the female intern is looking at him. Uh, doesn't he understand that uh, she's getting a thing for him because he's non-threatening and looks like a Muppet? No, I don't think he has any clue about women. <laughs> wow. Look, every web page he does has a curve on it. I wonder if his penis is curved. Whatever happened to good old square boxes? Hey, his guys, penis. what's up? Oh, Patrick! Hey. What's up? Hey! We're just watching Anthony's life unfold from inside his head. You got in here, too? Yep. Yep, pull up a chair. Cool, thanks. Oh. Want some popcorn? Oh, butter? Yeah, thank you. You're wonderful. Hey, hey! Oh, oh crap. Oh, he's going to the bathroom now. Cover your eyes. Ah. This isn't going to show the... Oh. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait dudes. Uh, thankfully, he installed a sensor program. Did you just call me dudes? Yeah, I did. We, you are a little old, but okay. we can still get by with it, I All think. All right, whatever. Yeah. But, but he did install a, uh, a protection filter, so all of uh, Anthony's naughty bits, you know, his privates, are carefully blocked out. Yeah, I've really got to say, though, there's not a whole lot of pixels there. <laughs> Strange. Uh, you'd notice that straight, boy. Well, look, I'm just saying there's not any pixels. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, probably not much to cover. Okay, he's he's leaving work now and driving home. Oh God, please don't let it be Phil Collins or Genesis or quick. Yes, the audio before he starts singing. Man, he really drives like an old woman. Holy fuck! He almost caused an accident there by checking out that guy in the car next to him. Oh, God, he's finally home now. Oh, I think he's down working. Oh, yep, he's working on the computer. Hey, the doorbell just rung. Wait, that could be us. But how can we be here and there, but... Quick, run! Hey, Anthony! Uh, Where's your protective goggles? Funny. We are not reading that skit you typed up about your real life inside your head. Wait, how did you know? And thus, this is the strange juxtaposition of this question. Can someone be in two places in one time? How can someone write something they are currently doing? And why is Anthony such a dork? These questions can only be answered in... The A Shanty No Lemon Zone... of Shercock Holmes. When we last left off, Shercock and I were traveling to meet Colonel Ambrose Wallycock, who was taking holiday in Glasgow. We boarded the Midnight Express and traveled into the wee hours of the night. I say, Shercock, I do love to travel by rail. Of course you do, Wonson. I know how you adore the rhythmic bumping of the cars on the rail. How it pulses back and forth making you feel warm and tingly inside. Back and forth, in and out, bump, bump, bump until... Oh, 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 yes, how I adore trains. Very satisfying. 
I dare say all you bottoms enjoy rail travel. I myself couldn't do it without the necessity of a club car. Oh, lad, lad. Mm, I'll have another scotch and soda, please. And Dr. Wonsome will have another port. Yes, sir. Anything else? Yes. Drop by our sleeper car in another hour or so. The brass tip of my cane has become very tarnished in this foul weather. Pop up and polish my knob and I assure you a very handsome tip. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, lad, have you ever administered an enema before? No, sir. We traveled through the night and arrived in Glasgow early the next day. When we arrived at Gropingsford Manor, the ancestral home of the Wallycocks, the colonel greeted us warmly, or shall I say, too warmly, as it was always his custom to take certain liberties with his hands. Ah, good to feel ya. I mean, good to see you, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Wonsome. Oh, you boys seem a bit cold from the long journey. Let me warm you up a bit. I mean, let us warm up a bit by the fire inside. Oh, thank you. Miss Quincematch has prepared gippers and rye bread for lunch. Bless her soul. She really does a great job on the fish she prepares. I say, Miss Honeypot, Shercock's maid, always prepares fish to perfection as well. It seems like they have something in common. I see. Those two should have a glorious time trading fish recipes sometime. We really should arrange it, Colonel. Nothing quite so English as two women sharing fish. Well, enough about fish trading and the like. We really need to talk about mariachi. Shercock and I took no time at all in relating the terrible story of last evening's events. The old Scotsman took the news very gravely, and then he relayed the story on how Dr. Mariachi escaped. So three days ago at Cinco de Mayo, it was cantina night at the prison. There was a Mexican fiesta with loads of tacos, big beefy burritos, filled with loads of creamy sauce, piñatas, sombreros, and of course, entertainment by the senoritas Cancana. You know, the famous troupe of drag queens. You've never seen trim like that since you were suckling on your mother's teeth. The costumes were lovely, of course, and the makeup flawless. The Scots caressed the floors as they danced and did their acrobatics and sang Mexican libation or uh, liberation songs. With all the drinking, fun, games, drinking, drinking, the guards failed to notice that Mr. Mariachi had escaped. Presumably stowing away under the skirt of Marina Conhola, the leader of the Queens. Later that night, during the bed check, one of the guards, Rusty, discovered that his partner for the evening was absent. The dogs were released, of course, but ran circles lapping up the traces of the loads of creamy sauces and chunks of the carne asada. This, anyway, was the official report of Scotland Yard. Great Scott! An escape made right under their noses. More like under their dresses, Wonsome. I believe this is becoming very clear to me. Our next visit will be to see an old employee of yours, actually. Mine, Shercock? Yes, but 
She went by a different name then. When she worked at your bathhouse as an attendant by day and by night, a half-rate drag performer known as Bessie Big Boobs. Great Scott, are you saying that Bessie Big Boobs and Maria Cornholo are the same? Precisely. How did you ever know? Well, wouldn't you like to know? Tune in next week when I'll tell you this and many other amazing deductions here on the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Well, good day, folks. Well, normally I'd come out and we'd have a great show and it'd be fun-filled everywhere, but unfortunately it's a... Very bad day. Very bad day today. I wish I just could come out and you expect this Shannon Olim to be funny and a good show. And, and people ask me, how can I do that? Every time, how can I just put that aside? Even when I'm having, usually you folks out there charge me up, but, but not today, folks. It's not going to be a good show because today's bad. Very bad. Bad! I'm not capable of pretending to be funny <sighs> when things are going so terribly wrong. I'm so sorry! <laughs> I just can't pretend! <laughs> okay. Tim, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> Too much to talk about. About. What? Did your mom die? Did your house burn down? What? Um, Anthony, over here. Tim's had a really bad day. Really? What happened? No, seriously, he's really had a bad day. Okay, I get that, but what's the deal? Uh, it's just horrible. It's, it's, oh, it had her dog taken away. Why could it have been a cat? Oh, she doesn't need any more pussy. What? No, seriously, it's true. She cried on her show. Uh huh. Yeah, I couldn't imagine losing Squish though. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> 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 All right, so how can I stop all you pussies from crying? No, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the surgeon said it was okay to cry. Oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this what watching Ellen makes you do? Cry like a soccer mom? Uh, yes. Okay, cry away then. What do you mean? You're not upset? I'm more upset that people don't take care of their pets to begin with. They let them overbreed, and then we have to take away their jewels simply because people can't be responsible. You want to stop this problem? Stop giving pets to people unless they can pass a test. I'm tired of all these inbreds not taking care of their animals, and then people wonder why we kill thousands of dogs and cats on a daily basis. Simply put, take care of your dog, don't get one unless you're responsible, and stop depriving them of their manhood. If we need to spate anybody, it's the majority of Americans right now. Spank 
Anybody? Wow, you sound upset. Sorry, my greatest fear is losing my balls, and I can't imagine it happening to another creature. But, Anthony, we spayed you several podcasts ago when you weren't looking. What? Uh, yeah, that uh, enema I sprayed on you, uh, it was actually acme ball-removing solution. What? Ah! Anthony, wake up. Oh, dear God, another bad dream, Tim. I dreamt that you guys were a bunch of pussies and I went no balls. It was just so horrible. Who's crying now, you big pussy? <laughs> uh, um, touche. Um, all right, well, let's start the show already. Baby cried the day the circus came to town. Wow, guys, this was a really good idea. Who knew walking in the local park nearby at nighttime would be so relaxing? Well, we just felt you needed to get out for a change, Anthony. And I hope we don't get busted by those undercover prostitute cops. I mean, yes, and uh, we never get out with our busy lives. Well, it's kind of spooky out here. Kind of creepy, actually. I'm sure it's actually just uh, Gooddale. Oh, and there is the effect of the full moon. Now, are you referring to the full moon or Mark's ass? Ha, ha, ha. You should write for Leno. Uh, wait. Those guys are on strike. Remember the uh, Screen Guild? Screen Actress Guild? Maybe you could get a job, though. Yeah. Hey, wait a second. What's that sound? What sound? Listen. Wait. What day is this? It's October 31st, of course. Halloween, silly. Oh, dear God, no, it found me. It? Quick, run! Ah! What is that thing, a scary clown invented by Stephen King? No, it's a test of the emergency broadcasting system. Dating back to the early 1950s, the system was developed to inform the American public of an actual emergency. This is only a test. If it would have been an actual emergency, the attention signal you just heard would have been followed by information, news, or instructions. And why are we running away from it? The emergency broadcast signal is one of the most scariest things I ever saw during my childhood. It would freak me out daily during episodes of Scooby-Doo. And to this day, I'm still scared crapless when they play these definitive tolls that even the faintest of ears can pick up. I was just always worried of a nuclear war. So what do we do? We can't let the thing get us. We need to find a copy of a Scooby-Doo episode and watch the end. Only then will the signal go away for a full year. I don't see what's so scary about it. If I just stop and stand here... Mark, no, keep running! Ah! Holy camoly crap! See, I told you. Quick, there's a video store just up the street. Welcome to Super Cinema Video Store. Would you like to join our rewards program? Quick, man, lock the doors and shove the containers up against the window. Ah, Jesus, what's that horrible noise? No time to explain. Quick, barricade the store as best you can. Oh, it seems like the windows are holding for a bit, but not for long. Quick, find a Scooby-Doo DVD. I'm sorry, sir, but you can't watch that video until you have a registration card. What? Do you understand we're on the verge of life or death? No, you don't understand. The players won't play until you have a license. All right, hurry up. Give me the registration paper. Hurry! Here, now, type that into the computer, Prado Buckle, we're all dead! Oh, 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 Anthony, I found the DVD! Hurry, cue it up to the end scene. The windows are cracked! 
Broadcasting System of Corporation with federal authorities has retreated for another year. We've concluded this test. Woo! So, uh, now what? We just have to make sure we're inside during the next Halloween, otherwise we won't know what will happen. I'm sorry, sir, but you'll have to pay for that purchase. <sighs> Too bad that thing didn't kill this guy before it left. Oh, fuck you, Jackass. I'm working on time. Yeah, I'm sure that could be a hair-raising experience. No! No! Yeah. That didn't make any sense at all. Neither does this fucking show, Anthony. I can't argue with... Wait, what's that? <sighs> You've got to be kidding me. It's the emergency alert system! What video do I grab now, Anthony? Nothing. I never saw this as a kid. It just recently got instilled a couple years ago. We're all doomed! And now, the Sunday Morning After School special presents an excerpt from the life of Anthony. Son, come help me fix the motor to the pump of the pool. Aw, oh, do I have to? Get your ass over here. Now get to me the socket wrench. Why did you tell me to come here if I just had to go get something for you anyway? Go, go, go. No, no, that's all wrong. Uh, that's a wrong wrench. That's a, what you call the crescent wrench. Well, how am I supposed to know which wrench to use? Oh, dear me, if I told you once, I told you a million times. Yeah, but I don't care about this stuff, Dad. I just want to play on my computer. I'll, uh, I'll put a hammer over that computer uh, unless you help me get the, the right wrench. Uh, Fine. Here. Hmm. Now, now, the whole other thing, huh? Here, while I turn. Okay. With your hands! With your hands, not your foot! Oh, now I gotta get dirty, too? Yuck, is this grease? Now I gotta go take a bath. You stop being such a fruit. You only called me that. If your grandpa knew what you was doing. You only called me that because I like wearing mom's robe. Oh. Oh. What am I gonna do? You need to learn to be a man. Why is that? Because otherwise you won't get anywhere in the world. You can't act man-like. You won't make no money. When you go from Jabba to Jabba, people say, Hey, that guy isn't manly, and then you're never gonna get hired. Dad, that's a complete falsehood. Just look at Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Shut up by your mouth! You got your mother's wise mouth. Now go get me the screwdriver. <sighs> Phillips! How am I supposed to know which one you want? Oh. By the way, boy, why isn't uh, the solitaire game working on the computer? Why well, is it not working anyway? Well, Dad, that gambling stuff you downloaded corrupted the hard drive. That and the porn that you had on there. Oh! Does your mother know about it? Did, did you go and erase it before your mama see? He, Dios mío, she would make me... Oh! 
I was in the middle of doing that when you called me out here to help me do this stupid job, which you could have more adequately had done with a portable toolkit and one of my stupid sisters who are sitting right over there in the pool sunbathing. Hi, loser! Why aren't you helping? Why do I always have to drop what I'm doing to help with the meaningless chores? Because you're a boy, silly. <laughs> Joe, what is it? This pornography on the computer. Oh, God damn it. You, Anthony, you're grounded. For what? For being such a pain in my ass. This private moment was brought to you by a somewhat representational account of my life. Now you know why I'm so fucked up. And now on with the show. What's wrong, Anthony? Whose pants are brown? Oh, Tim, I'm just trying to find the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, silly Anthony. You don't know that's like the hardest thing to do. Maybe you should go find a tree instead. All right, guess I'll go find a tree. Catch you later, Tim. Hey, uh, don't forget to bring back the Crisco. Huh? That'll be a dollar twenty-five, please, and Merry Christmas. Um, sure. Happy Chanukah. Happy holidays. Mmm, you damn liberals. Came around here and you're fucking Christmas and you're shitting ass and stop attacking Christmas, you whole manga, you fucking faggot. Uh, uh, all right, whatever. No, no, I get the discount on the TV. No, I wish it's 4 p.m. Thanksgiving day for this deal. Okay, this is crazy. I'm not even bothering with this. Would you like a coupon deal? Who the hell shops in the stores anyway with the internet being around? Yes, kids, Santa will be coming to bless you with all these wonderful toys, but not until our listeners help donate to Terrestrial Radio's Fun Drive. Even though our music completely sucks, we only play crap, have tons of pointless, badly funded commercials, and drove all the good DJs and entertainment off the air due to a mass market conglomeration and monopoly control. Hey, kids, don't forget to send the letter to that poor soldier in a ditch somewhere in Iraq. The more we help start... God bless Clear Channel. Now back to 24-hour crappy Christmas music remakes. Wah, makes Wah. me sick. Wait, what's that guy doing? What's that guy doing down the corner? Sir, sir, what are you doing? Nothing, just standing here. Are you dying? Are you are homeless? No, I'm just taking it in. The holiday rush? Nope, just breathing air. Hmm. I found a tree! Oh my god, you have to be kidding me. Anthony, that tree is skinnier than your Tweaky Boys. Oh my god, Anthony, that tree looks like your small penis. And it's not even on crack. Good grief, you bunglehead. Seriously, dude, what do you do all day? Well, interesting story. I was getting all frustrated with the commercialization of Christmas, but wait, 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 hold on. Lights, please. Behold, a lot of thousands people will say Christmas is a time to celebrate a divine deity. Others will say it's about togetherness and family. And even younger ones will say it's about the surprise of a child opening a toy. I've seen much more than that. Christmas wasn't started by Christians. It was started by pagans, and it was called Winter Solstice. And while my view of it has changed over the years from the joy of opening presents to the joy of giving presents, as I fight the over-commercialization 
the over-dramatizing, the inherent forcing it upon ourselves, I still take joy in the fact that for a small period, usually right on that day, the world stops, takes a breath, and reflects. And just for a moment, the entire world is at peace with itself. Not because of a divine deity, but because people learn to stop and relax. That moment to me is the winter holiday moment. Good, Good grief. grief. You are so gay. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you were trying to do the Charlie Brown thing, except they were with Hostess, and, and they were actually Christians. And, and Christians did start Christmas, you dumb twat. No, I didn't. Check Wikipedia. Yeah, Hell did. no, I hated that cartoon. That's why everybody loves Charlie Brown. Oh, you mean the Communist Plague Directive? Don't try to kick that football. You'll miss it. Don't try to win at the race. Don't try to find a Christmas spirit. You'll be you'll lose and be made fun of by your friends. As your weird little balding head turns around and you dance a stupid song while your only friend, your trusty dog, is more interested in playing pilot with a bird than you. That cartoon was depressing. Yeah, the balding part. That hits a little too close to home for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I always felt like Charlie Brown. Always try never get anywhere. Well, let's give you the first gift of the holiday season. The gift that keeps on giving. What's herpes. that? <laughs> What's that? That's start of the show. We now continue with the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Out time. When we last left off, some time ago, but hey, don't blame me, Jim was supporting the screenwriter strike. But I'm not sure if podcast really counts. After all, we don't even belong to a union. Anyway, when we last left off, Shercock and I were making ready to depart Wallacock Manor after meeting with the inspector Scotland Yard had put in on the mariachi case. Our next discovery, according to Holmes, was to be had with a former employee of mine, Bessie Big Boobs. We were on our way to the motor car, then a package arrived addressed to Shercock Holmes, care of Wallacock Manor. Extraordinary, Dr. Watson. But someone knew we were here calling on the inspector. Oh, no, no. Our whereabouts were common knowledge. I made no attempt to travel incognito. I'm referring to this wrapping paper. Extraordinary. Hand-painted in Rio de Janeiro by menopausal lesbianic nuns. Great Scott! How did you ever know? Mm, this here, you see on the package, is the pattern of the sisterhood of the hot flashing tongues. You see the images painted of what looks like very edgy penguins? Oh, yes. Mm, yes. The Latino flair of this paper also makes me think that this can be none other than the work of Dr. Marriott. Good Lord, Wonson. In this box is the head of another young man, murdered. It appears something is in his mouth. No. Oh, it's his own genitals and a handwritten note. Uh, We shall leave the inspector to take claim of the remains... However, we will take the note with us. Oh, dear, Shercock, whatever does it say? How did you know he was murdered? He's been decapitated, Watson. I don't think one cuts off one's own head and mails it. At least not COD. Oh, the paper appears to be a limerick. 
What does it say? Oh, here, here it is. Um, <clears throat> there once was a boy from Caucasus who was blessed with a very large John Thomas. But this mighty grand sword led him straight to the morgue. And now it's as stiff as a raucous. <laughs> Signed, Dr. M. Oh, wait, Wansom. There's a postscript. I sorry for the false rhyme. My English, it not so good. How horrible, Holmes. Mm, yes, I agree. This man has no respect for the Queen's English or the fine art of adult limericks. I meant the boy. Oh, that too. Quite a waste, I dare say. It was quite beautiful. Yes. We slept on the train back to London and arrived in time for Miss Honeypot to serve my favorite lunching of bangers and mash. Oh, I do adore even saying bangers and mash. It always gives me the beginnings of a chubby. Oh, well, later that night, we left to go back to the seedy section of London, commonly called by the Queens as Bathhouse Row. None of them being so popular up to snuff as my own establishment, the Coxcomb. Many of them were run-down tenement houses that resembled something out of a bad literature novel involving an orphan. The patrons of those places looked no better, and the staff even rougher. These were the bathhouses drag queens went to perform in when they could no longer travel in the light of day without having children cry and mothers throw stones. Shercock felt for sure this is where we would encounter my former employee, Bessie Big Boobs. Stay tuned and whatever the next time is for the exciting adventures of Sherlock Holmes whenever Tim gets around to writing it. Copyright, copyright, copyright 2007, Tim Martin Incorporated.